let the party begin here in West Lafayette. One of the top five places to watch a college basketball game. I would argue you can't find a better one. Three on the way. Bullseye! I feel the electricity in the house. The passion. It's a wall of sound. So here it back. It is four with Ryan. They go to wall of vacuum. Planted for three. This is the Boiler Ball Podcast. Welcome to the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Rob Blackman, episode 95 here on the podcast. And we continue with our senior series, senior members of the Purdue basketball team. Uh, We had Chase Martin kick things off. Uh, a few weeks ago, and now we'd like to welcome in Carson Barrett. Carson, thanks for joining us here on the podcast. No problem. So uh, you and Chase, a couple similarities, fathers that both played for the program, so uh, safe to say that you grew up a Purdue guy? Yes, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Can't escape it, right, when your dad played here and you live and grew up in town? Yeah, came to all the games, baseball games, Football, basketball, yeah. Diehard Purdue fan. So what is your earliest Purdue memory? Do you have one of a game or anything that you remember when you were a kid? Um, probably like the first one was like when Robbie Hummel was here. Just the buzz around him okay. coming to games here. Yeah. But the ones that stick out the most were like Caleb Swanigan era. More when I was in middle school and in early high school, coming to games and just watching him. Wow, you were in middle school during that era. I That's know. This is uh, – well, well. <laughs> <laughs> It is crazy how time continues to fly, and uh, it all seems, I mean, I still feel like I'm 32 and like I'm just, you know, <laughs> just been doing this for a handful of years, but yeah, that really puts it in perspective, like when Biggie was here, you were in middle school and stuff. Wow, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so those teams obviously grabbed your attention, and, and uh, your dad played here with uh, Coach Painter. Mm-hmm. They were on a couple teams together. Um so growing up, talk to me about your family uh, dynamic and everything um, and, and what it was like growing up here in Lafayette. Yeah, I was born here in Lafayette, a home hospital, which isn't here anymore. But um, I had a daughter that born there and it's not really? spent a night, long night in that <laughs> hospital and not there anymore. Yeah, but uh, Catholic school system growing up, uh, St. Lawrence was here in town, um, up all the way to CC and then. I have a little. I have an older brother, Drake. Older brother, other sister, older sister, Payton. Younger brother, Clark, and younger sister, Carly. And yeah, I just kind of grew up with them, being Purdue fans, CC fans. My my dad coached at the high school at Central Catholic. So yeah, yeah. Grew up being in the gym nonstop, going to all the practices, taking bus rides with them. So like, I've kind of had like an experience of having like a role model being a coach. So yeah, and that's when my love for basketball started and. Yeah, now I'm here. You played baseball though too, right? Mm-hmm. I know you're a very good high school baseball player. Was was it when you're thinking collegiately and post high school? Were you, was it basketball all the way, or had you given baseball a, a thought or yeah. two? Yeah, so my dad played baseball here too. Yeah, right. So right. I just grew up playing basketball and baseball. Stayed away from football, but uh, yeah, I was pretty good at baseball. Uh, but I just love basketball more. Mm-hmm. And like middle school, that's when I started playing AAU basketball and got away from travel baseball. And then that continued all the way into high school, and like you just can't do both at the same time. Yeah. And I, and I love basketball more, so I just stuck with basketball. But yeah, baseball, high school career was pretty solid. But 
Yeah. And AAU AAU basketball can be grueling, but boy, travel Ooh, baseball. Travel yes. baseball. Yeah, <laughs> that's for a, sure. Ninety five degrees, two games in the same day. Traveling to Indy every weekend or, or wherever. Yeah, wherever, yes, even yeah. further away than that. I, I always thought it was so cool that your dad was able to play both baseball and, and basketball at the high major Division One level, I mean, that is. Uh, but did your – so you mentioned growing up baseball and, and basketball. Did you did you feel your dad pushing you either direction, or he just kind of let you make the choice on your own? Um, it was kind of like on my own, really. Uh Obviously, he was a basketball coach, so obviously I was just around that more. But yeah. I think, no, he just let me do whatever. My parents wanted me to try to do all the sports and try and stick with everything. But, yeah, it just came down to baseball and basketball and ended up choosing basketball. Did you have a uh, – I mean, your dad coaching, you obviously get drugged to the gym and things like that. Um, did you always pop up like, yeah, here we go? Or were there any days where you're like, oh, really? We gotta go back to the gym here and so. No, I actually look forward to it. Like that's great. After that's... school, my mom would pick me up from St. Lawrence, and she'd drive me over to CC and drop me off, and then practice started. The practice had already started for them, and I just, I just remember tying my shoes and going shooting on the side basket when they were either stretching or getting warmed up, and then I'd be there the whole rest of the day. Yeah. That's cool. Did you get to the point where, as you got older, did you uh, did you get any duties like, hey, uh, you know? Jumping this uh, drill and a rebound for the guys or anything uh, like that. Uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And all those guys would, like, mess with me a little bit with, like, rebounding free throws, you know. That's how it is with a younger kid around. But <laughs> yeah, I would help yeah. with waters. And then, like, even after, like, road games, my dad would, like, take me to, the, like, the laundry room and we'd put it in. Like, I just remember those, like, late nights, midnight, after going to Andrain and coming back on a Friday night. And yeah, then helping yeah. him put the laundry in. And then Saturday morning, waking up, going to shoot around with him. Like, I just, I loved those moments. And that's where, like basketball I, I really love basketball it's like all i do all i watch all i do when you got to be older and start playing in middle school and stuff like that how quick did you start to realize that uh, you're pretty good at this thing <laughs> um in elementary i struggled i was a big fat kid i was just slow couldn't move at all and then middle school i kind of grew and skinned it skinnied out a little bit and i'd say about seventh grade is when i like this is my sport and then uh yeah, that continued continued to get taller, and then yeah, I had the opportunity. I mean, I went to a small school, but I had the opportunity to play as a freshman on varsity, and yeah. So uh, that catches me a little bit off guard. That elementary school, you were the little fat kid, yeah. huh? Like, you weren't very good at. I was I was taller. I'm one of the taller kids in my class, but I was like I was overweight. Gotcha. Really. Huh. <laughs> Did not expect to hear that. So uh, I I asked the guys whose whose father was their coach. I ask him this all the time. Did you ever feel any extra added pressure knowing that your dad is the coach and that the expectation expectation level for you, maybe not from the inside your family, but the outside perception is that you need to be one of the better players on the team because your dad is the coach. Do you ever feel that? I would say my freshman year of high school, yeah, when I was on varsity. like People were like, oh, he's only playing varsity oh, right, because his dad's the dad coach. Yeah. And whatnot. But, I had a good group of seniors that year, and we were actually really good, and we made it to the state championship. So, like, those guys kind of helped me throughout the year. And I didn't have, like, a bigger role on the team. I was just kind of like the center, rebounder, and stuff like that. But um, I didn't really feel that much. I mean, I, I, I did, but as the year went on, I didn't. And then, like, the rest of my high school career I did because I became the guy. Sure. Sophomore, junior, senior year. So, yeah, there was some hard times with me and my dad throughout that. Yeah, but, uh, I, yeah, I can uh, see that. Little arguments that led to led to 
home dinner at uh, dinner that night but we got through it and it was, it was for good good times did your mom have to step in and be the mediator and like i don't know sometimes she was the one doing it too so <laughs> nice. that's great uh, after Sweet. a bad game you know yeah. both was your mom an athlete too she was she played basketball at north judson high school okay sure so. what's north judson's mascot uh, the uh, Blue Jays. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kirk Manns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, probably yeah. their most famous alum, I would guess, from a college basketball standpoint. Kirk Mich- Manns. Michigan State, right? Yep, played at Michigan State, correct. Wow, the Blue Jays. Yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah. know most North, of the... North Judson San Pierre mm-hmm. is the school district. I, why I know this, I don't know why, <laughs> but I do. But yeah. well, you're a professional broadcaster. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's okay, well, that's so... Uh, did you ever feel like you were getting double teamed at dinner? Like yes, sometimes <laughs> yes. And then even even with my little brother, when I was a junior and he was a freshman, and he was also playing varsity, just all three of them. Sometimes I was like, man, I'm not, I'm trying my best. What here. was the best? Was the, what was the? Do you remember like what usually was the criticism? Like were you not passing enough? Were you not shooting enough? Were you shooting enough? I was really? always kind of like a pass first guy, and uh-huh. uh, I don't know. They wanted you to play, shoot more. Playing a tough team, and maybe I passed up a shot or well, not parent, rebound. And my dad was always about offensive rebounding. I, me, I, the shot goes up, I'd run back. That was and his thing. That was his thing, and my mom was the same way. And I guess I was just like playing hard, I guess is what they thought, which is true. And I didn't I didn't realize that at the moment. I was like, I'm getting 10, 15 rebounds a game, and they want me to go to the offensive glass still. And I'm just can, happy to know it's universal that all dads think their kids should shoot more. Right? Isn't well, that? I was getting ready to say that is like the you most common criticism among any parent is like you got to shoot more. You got to, you know, That's you right. got to swing the bat. You got to do this. You got to do that. You know. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you know, why are you here? We're not here to watch the other kids. I mean, we're, we're sitting here. You shoot it every time. I put all this time in. I didn't put all this time in to watch Tommy shoot the ball. But I want you to shoot the ball. That's a very common, very common deal. Absolutely. Um, so. I got to ask because, you know, you, you're going to the gym all the time. You're hanging around, Dad. You're around the program. There had to be, I think, an advantage by seeing it all the time, right? You know, you grow up seeing it. So then when you get to that point, like not only do you know what the gym feels like, what practice feels like because you've seen them all, but you even know the behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, of what it takes to, like, be at a high school program and all the stuff that goes into it. Did you feel like? That was a big plus for you to be able to just be more comfortable yeah. when you got to that level. For sure, like I was accustomed to like all the drills and like what he specifically wanted from those drills. Just like how it is here, like as you go along your years, you understand what Coach Paint wants. Yeah. you know. Yeah. So like I kind of had a head start on that, and like with all my kids in my class, or even you know, and yeah, it was definitely a plus. Um, you know, like even like from like a film standpoint, like my dad watching their send film. Like sometimes I'd watch film with him, and he like you know just trying to figure out what he wants to do against those teams so like i kind of yeah. got that from a head start as like a, a middle schooler really is when that started to happen yeah that's a really uh good point like the film like most people don't realize like high school coaches you know get and acquire film any way they can usually an assistant's out maybe doing some scouting but then they're bringing film back for the head coaches to watch and that's at a coach at any level, people know that college coaches and professional coaches watch a lot of film, but it's done at the high school level quite a bit too, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. So did uh, did your dad, as you know, he's your dad, he's your coach. He's been in your shoes before. Not a lot of dads can say that. Mm-hmm. Does uh, did did that come into play at all? Like you know, back when I played, 
any of those kind of stories? Uh, not really, but like if we ever got like into an argument, like if you yelled at me during practice and I wasn't very happy and I was as a freshman and sophomore, I didn't have my license. I'd have a teammate drive me home. I did not have him drive me home. <laughs> and it'd always be one of those where I was like in my room, like either doing homework, playing video games, or just relaxing. And he'd come in and apologize, or like we'd both just talk it out, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if he'd really ever like say anything back from like his time or anything like that. But huh. well, and you know, in your dad's case, you could go look that up pretty easily, especially like you know. Yeah. True. And that's. That's something not every dad, you know. Most dads like you could uh, their their fib, secrets are buried. Yes, on the details. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I guess I'll take you at your word. Yeah, your father, you could actually look up the the numbers, at least from Purdue standpoint. Mm-hmm. That's funny, Dad. I don't looking here in the historical records. You never actually did score, <laughs> you know, fifteen points against Michigan, whatever it was. So, any thoughts? Like, I know Rob kind of asked you about the baseball career path, and you made that decision to to get to play basketball in the summers and kind of make that your main sport but any uh any thoughts about trying to do both at at the next level or my my high school baseball coach he wanted me to try yeah but i just thought that would be way too much yeah you were really talented and you're a good athlete overall i think that that's uh um i'm not sure people would know because they don't get to see you day in and day out like we do you know we get to see you in practice and everything and uh you're a really really talented really really talented player and a good athlete and um, I could see where that would be um, something a coach a baseball coach would say hey man you got a future here you put you dedicate all your time into that he even like with the new coaching change and like even like two years ago he came up to me and said something like you want me to put in a good word for you (laughs) (laughs) I'm good good coach so uh, with that in mind was it Purdue all the way from day one, or no? You had other. You looked at other options seriously. I, I took other options seriously. Um, the first school that kind of like recruited me was Marion University, the NIA in mm-hmm. Indianapolis, and then I had some other Division two offers, and I had Air Force two, which was my mm-hmm. only Division one. Um, so I was really considering those, and then like going uh, the summer going into my senior year, I just remember my dad having a phone call with Paint, just about whatever catching up and, and coach Payne said that I could have a walk-on spot my dad told me that and I, I was like really like I was surprised like my jaw dropped I was like wow and then like I kind of went through that whole summer kind of like looking at other options at those division twos and it was between Fairmont State a division two in West Virginia or Purdue and um, this and was going into your senior year going into my so senior that summer year. yeah but then like I played that whole senior season still getting recruited by like division threes and division twos but I kind of had in my back of my mind like I think it's it's going to be Purdue yeah. for yeah. sure, and that's kind of nice to be able to go into a season and kind of know, even though you may not have said it publicly or put it out there, but to kind of know like this is kind of what I want to do mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. About like the midway through that season, I was like, yeah, I think it's just going to end up being Purdue, and I kind of started telling other coaches that that I wasn't interested anymore, and then. Yeah, after we lost my senior year, I waited a couple of days, and then I texted Coach Payne to see if the offer was still on the table, and it was. And so, yeah, I was really thankful for that opportunity. Well, um, it's always good to have the son of a coach because usually the basketball knowledge comes with that and the experience and the stuff that we just talked about. Um, you started out, did you come that summer and join us in, uh, in June? Yeah, it was covid Oh, there we go. There we go. That's why I was yeah. kind of drawing a blank. I'm like, how? Yeah, that was. Uh, 
that was a little different for everybody in weird times. I remember coming in here for the first time with Chase, and then uh, Bradley Andrews was our equipment manager at the yep. time. Yeah, he, he handed us all of our gear and whatnot. Then we walked up here, and Nick T gave us. The, it was my first time in the offices up here, and I was like, I was like starstruck, like this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's and that routine has stayed, you know, pretty much the same. I mean, everybody gets to campus in June. You 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 move in. You know, you're you've been local, so you didn't necessarily have to move mm-hmm. into the apartments across the street. Um, but yeah, you show up and like, okay, it's almost like kind of a check-in day. You know, it's you're getting your gear, you're getting your locker, and that kind of stuff. I do remember that summer. Everything was so crazy, based on COVID and. We were trying to decide, like, they had all these protocols. Do we just want to allow a certain amount of guys in the locker room? Do we want everybody to be back there? It was a really, really crazy. Yeah, I didn't get in the locker room for a couple months. Really? It might have been when school started we were oh. able to get in. Yeah, I think that's what it, I think that's what it was. It's, it's a little bit hard to remember, but that was the case. Like, you had to... We didn't, we didn't want everybody in the locker room because the thought was if everybody's in the same room and somebody tests positive, then everybody's wiped out for you know 10 days or 14 yeah. days whatever it was it's crazy when you think back about oh. when we went through that and how crazy it really was so the so if i'm hearing you correctly the thinking was keep the walk-ons out of the locker room because if indeed an, uh, an epidemic breaks out at least we'll still well i think we <laughs> were having ro- the walk-ons to play in the game i think we kept everybody out i think we were rotating through like if you did have to go shower go shower and then and then be gone I and see. then somebody else would come in because it oh was all gosh. it was all about contact tracing and not shutting your team down. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we could do to not have to contact trace and make everybody shut down is what you did. And and obviously you're trying to avoid spreading it. I mean that's first and foremost. Yeah. But from a from a team standpoint, you know, the whole concept was like we just don't want to have to pause our summer work for 2 weeks why everybody quarantines because at that point too people were quarantining and saying well i feel fine though i've just been contact traced and so yeah. i'm sitting here in my apartment going <laughs> <Right>. insane <laughs> yes because i feel fine it's one thing you feel crummy and you're like yeah i gotta you know i gotta sit here for until this runs its course but for the most part you'd had people that were just going out of their mind because they felt fine yet had to be in a room for 10 days or whatever mm. it was so yeah that was a that was a Weird deal. And then we got back to practice, and then there was a thought like, okay, the guys don't have to wear a mask, but should the coaches that are in practice wear masks? And we did for the yeah, most part. Did, yeah. mm-hmm. We're walking around in masks, and those guys are not. It was just And just I remember co- you coaches, you didn't even blow whistles. You had those handheld whistles. Yeah. That's right. right? That's right. <laughs> so you didn't have to put your mouth on the whistle. Crazy wow. stuff. Just crazy. The nice part was the media wasn't around. (laughs) (laughs) Everything was done. Everything was done over the phone or Zoom. All the interviews, which was another thing that's just mind blowing to think about. Uh, Coach Painter and I would tape our pregame interview for the radio broadcast over Zoom every every game day. We did it over Zoom. Yep, that is so true story. Yeah, it was it was something. So you get you know you get here and like. That first year is just so weird. We went to Florida, right, for that we tournament. Went to Florida. Yeah. That was your that was your freshman year. Mm-hmm. We go down to this tournament in Melbourne, and we've talked about this before in the podcast. But it was one of those deals where we all tested, flew down, and then if anybody was going to test positive, we had a car service ready to go that was going to basically shuttle them home. 
and I remember every day getting tested and just like to saying to myself like please let we just don't want to I don't want to have a, a van pull around to the front of this hotel and have to put a kid in there and go okay we'll see you in a few days yeah. uh, I, I can't remember but I think Zach and Travion might have tested positive or like they had a false positive false before positive. we left so we Everybody it was the morning we were getting ready to leave we were flying to Melbourne the morning of and everybody came in and get tested. And then that, that whole year, we got tested daily. Mm-hmm. That was the Big Ten set that all up. And every day you'd come in and have to swab your nose. And then you we got to go, you got to go into the building. But then if you, they were going to know within like 10 minutes. Yeah. So basically like 15 minutes went by, you were good. If you got a text from Chad, our trainer, Oh boy, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. And so, like for fifteen, you know, the first few times you did it, it was like, ugh. Yeah, I, have a, I have a story for that. So we had a Saturday morning practice, and me and Mason run into each other, and I think I got an elbow like right above my eye, and took it. It was a hard hit, and I think I got a concussion from it. I had to get stitches, so he stitched me up that that day, and then took Sunday off, and then Monday came in, got tested went straight to him to like for the concussion and my stitches and whatnot and he gets a text saying that i was positive and i was like what so then i had covid for two weeks and then wow. got back from that and i still had to go through my like concussion protocols and all that oh. so i just set out another like couple of days for that it was Jeez. it was a long process for that three weeks to a month that that's not a good yeah that was not a good feeling i knock on wood did not ever get i've never been diagnosed and it's I was one of the lucky ones. Most, most everybody at some point got a little bit of a stint. We talked about, I talked about that with Sasha. He, uh, his was in the middle of the year, and we ended up putting him up over in a hotel in the middle of the I season because he yeah. missed some games. Yeah, missed mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So uh, you get through that year. You finally, you know, we get back to normalcy. Um, things much better than your sophomore year. Um, and talk about the difference. I don't think people. Um, we we talk about this, and Miles Colvin's a freshman on our team now. We've everybody's kind of talked to Miles about it, and you talk to like Braden and Fletch last year and Cam and people that go through your freshman year. But talk about the difference between a freshman year and a sophomore year, and just how how much different it is. It was really different for you because mm-hmm. of COVID, but also too just the fact that like you know everything to expect, and like that might have been your first time when you got here as a freshman. You know, we referenced the fact that when you went to high school, you knew what to expect. Mm-hmm. It was your whole life. Mm-hmm. So how much of a culture shock was it your freshman year? Yeah. And then to come back your sophomore and be like, okay, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, now. those summer and fall workouts with Coach uh, Lutz were. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, just like it's just from a year-to-year thing. Like you just understand things more and you get like it's, like it's a routine. It comes naturally. So, yeah, that jump to the freshman and sophomore year – was good for all five of us in our class, Jaden, Zach, Ethan, and Chase and I. Like, I think everybody took tremendous steps, especially like Jaden. He obviously got drafted after that year. But, um, yeah, especially from COVID, too. Like, you just – you're in here every day. You know what you're – the first thing you're, you're going to do in the morning to the end of the day. You just have a routine and, yeah, just just came naturally. You came in with Zach. Mm-hmm. Talk about that, like, <laughs> the progression of Zach Eady. Like – when Zach was a freshman, did you have any any idea? 
I don't think anybody. No I, I would call him a liar if they said that he was going to be player of the no. year. Exactly. But did you? What did you? Th- like, what were your? What was your impression? And, and like with Jaden coming in too, like, you know, did you foresee him being as good as he was that quickly and being in the NBA that quickly? No. So like, I knew Ethan was Mister Pennsylvania, and like Jaden was a La Lumiere guy, and I knew of Zach that he went to IMG, but you know, you really didn't hear much about Zach. Yeah. And I remember the first time that the whole team met, we met at Legacy uh, Sports, the, mm-hmm. the courts over here, and we yep. played pickup. It was like the move-in week. And Zach, mo- Zach's mom drove him there, and he just gets out of the car, and he's got this big head of hair. I'm like, who is this kid? <laughs> what? <laughs> and, yeah, he wasn't very good. He couldn't move at all. He couldn't shoot at basketballs. And then just, like, seeing him work throughout that freshman year with Coach Lutz and, and Coach Brantley, it was incredible. And then... Even by, like, the end of that freshman year, I would tell him, like, dominate. I started doing – we do this routine before every game. Right before he walks on the court, I hit him on the chest, and I say dominate, and he just shakes his head at me. And then I think ever since then, he's, like, been able to dominate each game, like, more and more and more. So, yeah. Yeah, what about Jaden? Did you, like, first time you played pickup with him, you're like, man, this guy's an NBA guy. Yeah, he's just blowing by me every single time. <laughs> hey. like, I think we got matched up on each other just because we were freshmen, and that was, like, the first time everybody had seen me play, you know. And I was like – can't guard any of these guys especially this kid and then, yeah I mean he had his struggles too and throughout his freshman year I think he got hurt in that Florida yeah. tournament he yeah. had to play in one of those games and then he just got better as time went on I think that just happens with everybody it just comes naturally and that jump that he had to his sophomore year where it just really took off and his athleticism athleticism really showed in every game and almost every play like, it was just incredible to see Talk about your role as a walk-on and the fact that – and I say this, every time we have a walk-on on that we talk to, um, people don't realize the value and the importance and of your of your role. Um, talk about your role as a freshman, sophomore, and now how that's kind of um, different – how it's different now that you've you know, been a junior and a senior. Um, because our senior walk-ons are as valuable as anybody, and uh, talk about how that role has changed. For yeah, you. for sure. Like freshman year, it's tough. Like we had 15, 16 guys, and I'm the last guy. Like just trying to just, survive, just right? Trying to survive <laughs> and like trying to know what to do. Like, you know, just yeah, just trying to fit in. And so like freshman year, you really don't do much. You kind of like stand in a lot more during practice and like watching the other walk-ons, like Matt Frost and Jared Wilburn, like kind of do all the work, like. And then, like, as you watch them and as you actually get to do a little bit, you get better at it. And so, yeah, my role just kind of, like, kept going up and up into, like, where it is now where, like, Coach Lusk and Coach Payne trust us to actually, like, get in in drills and actually, like, do stuff on scout team. Like, my freshman year, we really never did that. I don't know if it maybe it's because of COVID. We are working on other things. But, like, now we do a lot of scout team-focused things. And I think that's just because we've each gotten better as the years have gone on and more experience and understand more actions and, like, understand college basketball more do you know how many games you played in as a freshman i played in one that's correct you played against penn state you played for two minutes yeah yeah i'm only bringing that up because you were a 1600 point scorer in high school you had a thousand rebounds in high school which essentially means you're playing every minute of every game Mm -hmm. and shooting all the shots apparently yeah yeah, with your dad yelling at you to shoot all the shots and your mother uh then you come to Purdue and you play in one game. The adjustment, and more importantly, was there ever a time in that freshman season you were like, maybe this isn't for me? I wouldn't say it was never. Like, 
I just enjoyed being around the guys. Like we were winning games. We we were supposed to like we weren't supposed to be very good that year. Yeah. And I thought we overcame expectations. We were actually turned out pretty good. We're a four seed, right? Correct. Yeah. Playing yep. against yeah. Um, we struggled a little bit at the beginning, but as the year went on, we got better. And like I just you just gotta put yourself in perspective. Like these guys are you know these guys are really good. And like in practice, you might not get in as much. Like, you just gotta understand some things. And I think that's hard for everybody. But I think just from me being like my dad and being a coach like you see like he has good teams and he has bad teams and when he has good teams there's going to be good players who don't get to play as much and they got to either play jv or something so like i've always sure. had that like perspective in my mind but then you know you got to come in and like do your do things to get better to show that you can be here and belong so like i think i got better as that as like my freshman sophomore and junior year went on just like sh- prove that i belong and like work hard before i get to my next question want to quickly mention our friends over at the this is purdue podcast uh, they do great work over there and they are the official pro- podcast of purdue university featuring in-depth and behind the scenes stories from your favorite purdue athletes like coach matt painter and coach katie gerald's follow the this is purdue podcast on your favorite podcast app or subscribe on youtube to hear more about these special boilermakers they do great work over there and uh, a lot of uh, big name guests their production value is a little higher than ours, Rob, over Just here. Just slightly. Like they have a little bit bigger staff than yeah. our staff here <laughs> on the Boilerball podcast. Yes. But we're plugging away. That's we're the right. little engine. Okay. <laughs> back uh, back to uh, Carson Barrett here, our guest. Um, you talked about uh, – I wanted to ask you about your dad and, the, and how your role changed. So now you're at Purdue. He's not your coach anymore. Did you feel like your maybe relationship change or how you guys talked about basketball, did that change at all? Because he was in your shoes a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested. Did, did, did that change as you guys talked about the game and things like that? It definitely did. Like, I remember he did tell me this one story that uh, his freshman year, he came in and he was just getting worked. He couldn't do anything right. And he went into Coach Katie's offense, like, Coach, I don't think this is for me. Like, I think I just want to focus on baseball. And Coach Katie told him to stick it out, and he did, and he's thankful for that. And so, like, yeah, we have, we have those conversations. Like, I don't know, after a tough loss, either home or away, I know he's still coaching at CC, and then I'll be, like, on the flight, getting on the flight, I'll text him, hey, can we go shoot tonight at, like, 11 o'clock at night, and then we'll just go to CC, and he'll let me in. And, like, we just talk. We'll talk for an hour or two and while I'm just shooting. He's rebounding for me. And, like, just those conversations just mean a lot to me and him. Yeah. So. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think, too, like, you know, now he's not your coach anymore, so it's just there's a difference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, we're just kind of talking basketball. It's just like, you know, like buddies talking about anything, especially basketball. Yeah. That's awesome. And a, and, a, and a cool bond that you guys have that very few people can understand, you know, what you're going through as a Purdue player. Mm-hmm. He can. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, and obviously knows you probably better than anybody because he's your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, obviously we talk about me, but, like, we talk about each guy on the team, too, during that game. Like, we, like, break down play-by-plays, and, like, I think we both have, like, that memory in our head from, like, start to finish, like, what happened, and just, like, talking through those, yeah. just help. And I think that helps me understand the game more, listening from his perspective, watching it on the TV. And then, obviously, it's different for me because I'm sitting there courtside seeing it, seeing, like, what Coach Payne's drawn up, what, you know, all that type of stuff, so. Well, you've got a great basketball IQ. I know you're one of the guys that uh, when we're um, – talking about the game or in practice or talking about things I always see you kind of talking to the coaches and offering your perspective on things um, is 
coaching something down the road you want to do. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is something I want to do. You could totally tell. It's uh, yeah. There's certain guys that come through that you right away you're like, yeah, he's going to want to coach. And there's <laughs> other guys that like he's probably not going to anything to do with it. Um, and you've been a guy that that uh, that you can tell wants to do it. Um, and a lot of times you can tell because you're one of the most vocal guys, you know, whether it's in a drill or um, instructing some guys how to, you know, where to be and what the drill entails, that kind of thing. Obviously, that's got to get probably easier the older you get, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I talk about high school a lot, but like just my dad was always talking about like being loud. And Coach Brantley says it all the time here, like defense, you got to be loud. So, like, in any drill that I get in, I try to just be talkative, you know, just help guys out, help myself out. I think that just helps the team out in general. And then I think that, like, from a coaching standpoint, too, like, when I'm standing off to the side, like, I'm just always screaming, you know, I'm like a cheerleader over there yeah, pretty much. But yeah. I just, I just want to win. You want uh, you want to be a high school coach like your dad or college coach or haven't decided? Well, hopefully college. That's oh. what, kind of what I want to do. But sure. I'm open to anything. and. Yeah. Indiana Pacers. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's cool. So yeah, here's a little Just remember story. us. If that happens, just remember us when we yes. need tickets. I've never told you this story, Carson, but I'll tell you here in front of a worldwide audience. So I went to North White High School, which mm-hmm. you're familiar with because yep. Central Catholic beats up on us all the time. When I was a sophomore, your dad was a senior, and I was tasked with guarding your father in okay. a game at Central Catholic. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm sure he remembers it because he scored who knows how many 30-plus points. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, that was my one experience with Dave Barrett trying to guard him his senior year at Central Catholic. And High you were School. not successful. And doing a very poor job. <laughs> using even using the word guard is probably inappropriate. <laughs> I wasn't doing much guarding. So. Who scored more points? I did. Did I'm, you? I'm the all-time. Oh, that's right. I knew that. I knew was that, that a was there a moment when you went around him that do you remember that? Like, was that a thing? No, nah, not really. I mean, like greats like Drew Anthrop, and then obviously my dad, and like. Uh, Christoph Kendrick. Cr- yeah. Christoph mm-hmm. was the was okay. it before me, and like I've always had a relationship with Christoph. And, yeah, and his dad, just because my dad, he coached my dad. Um, so it was a cool thing when I broke the record and like just knowing all the names that I grew up watching. Yeah, like, my dad. It was just a really cool experience for me and my family. Well, I gotta say, when we when you're playing now, um, and you're running the other team's offense, Carson, a lot of times is gonna be kind of their go-to guy um, and and Carson can really score the ball and he gives problems to our guys and it's one of those things where um, the scout team now there's a lot of pride on that team from you guys and you guys take your job super <laughs> serious and I and it's a great thing because it elevates it, it, it makes our program so much better and, and it makes the preparation for those games better you but talk about how much pride you guys take in in that and that that's almost like your game day. Yeah, that's something that Chase and I have talked about through like our whole career, just like going as hard as possible to make these guys work a little bit. And then if Coach Paint gets a little angry, then like that's that's when we know we won. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we take it seriously, like going in and understanding like each guy and what they like to do, and then doing that on the court, and then their actions. I think like just going through their actions leading up to a game, like at full speed. Yes. really helps the guys that in game like they know what's coming they know when to down stuff they know when to go under like just all that type of stuff and uh, I think that just comes from like a coaching perspective for me too like you got to repeat stuff over and over again at like a good pace to be able to do it and perform in a game well and our um, the, the coaches that have um, us defensively 
So they'll take our scout team, and so if it's Coach Lusk or Coach Johnson, they'll take our, our guys and meet with them sometimes in the morning before practice or sometimes right before practice or sometimes in the middle of practice while the, uh, the guys who play all the time are getting shots up. They'll pull you guys to the side, and you guys will basically have to learn a new offense mm-hmm. on the fly. And so at the end of the year, you know, if you're playing some teams twice in the Big Ten, you're probably learning, I don't know, 20 offenses or something mm-hmm. like that, at least, you know, 20 sets of plays. Um, but at the end of the day, and especially since you want to get into coaching, that's got to be just right up your alley. Yeah, it is. Like, just seeing different actions of which teams, like, over the years, too, like, now I like know that like what Iowa does, what Michigan does, what IU does, you know, and yeah, it just com- comes. Like I said, everything comes naturally as the years go on. So like just being able to understand like as much basketball I've watched to like retain that information, it's like just a cool thing. Like me and Chase, you know, we're usually running the guard spots and we kind of know what to do. And then now I know like when Coach Terry's drawn like ten plays up real quick right before we're about to do it. I know what all five guys are doing. And yeah. I can help people out that like just got in at the like they just saw the end of the plays because they were doing another drill or whatnot or or I can run different positions. I think that just helps helps the scholarship guys out a lot. And you talked about the speed of that. Like it's one thing to walk through the other team's play, but it's another thing to make it realistic yes. and walk through it at game speed. And that's what you guys are able to do. Mm-hmm. When you guys go fast and get it at game speed it causes some problems for our guys, and then that's what you said. There's, and it is fun to watch you guys when you do score, and Coach Painter starts getting mad, and you guys have that little grin on your face, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got him. <laughs> and of course, there's a normal amount of trash talk you would expect for mm-hmm. for uh, a team that's as close as ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my personal favorite, sometimes you may not know that we even notice this or talk about it, but we love it when you and Zach go at it because it seems like you guys. <laughs> Uh, you could really get under his skin from time to time. Yeah, but then after practice, we're just sitting there joking. So yeah, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. It's all like it's all from a place of love. But you can definitely tell that you know which buttons to push with Zach. Yeah, I'll, I'll get one like crazy right-handed layup, scoop layup, and I'll just start saying stuff to him. It gets on, it gets on his nerves a little bit, and Coach Brantley starts hyping me up. Yeah, those are the best. Well, in those days, absolutely. Like because the staff is all rooting for you guys because they know the harder you go and the better you get and the more you score on them the more it's going to sharpen their pencil for the next game mm-hmm. and the better we're going to be defensively so anytime you guys can have a, six, a string of success where you maybe score you know a few buckets in a row or go on a little mm-hmm. bit of a run everybody's going to start hyping <laughs> you up those are usually the best practices too they are yeah and, the, and like i feel like those are the practices when you walk out you're like oh we're winning saturday or whatever mm-hmm. you know yeah. mm-hmm. because you feel like you put the great prep work in and then by the time like walkthrough comes around for the day of like the guys know everything and then like yeah. you're really thinking after that walkthrough and shoot around like we're gonna get them tonight yeah, yeah. it's amazing and that's got to be again it goes back to you have such a coaching background something you want to do there's got to be so many lessons that you pick up as you go um, that when you get out of here and you know wherever you're at, you end up and, and you get into the coaching business it's got to give you a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just the time you put in and understanding things like it's just going to help you out in the future. So you just got to put that work in. And and you're learning from a pretty good coach too mm-hmm. with For Coach sure. Painter. Are there are there things that Coach Painter does or says that you just as you soak them up, you're like, oh, I'm using that one day. 
I mean, yeah, just some of his sayings are hilarious, and I'll say it in front of my friends. I'm like, "What are you saying?" <laughs> like laughing, but I just remember like the first film session that I sat in with Coach Payne my freshman year. I was blown away. I didn't understand any like the lot like what he was saying or the logic behind it. But then, as the years go on, you're like, "Man, like this dude's a genius." Like just the way he talks and the way he he says things and explains things, it really like just. You sit back and you're like, wow, that's amazing. And I think just seeing that for four years now, like that will definitely help me in my coaching career in the future. Well, before we get, we always end these podcasts with uh, a final four questions. Before we get to that, talk about this team. Um, I would think it's safe to say that we've had a tight-knit group all four years you've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had good, good guys, good teams. You've won a lot of games. You've been a part of a lot of wins. Um but talk about the locker room and the fact that you guys, unless you're fooling us all, uh, it appears that everybody gets along pretty well because we like that. We work hard, but we have a lot of fun mm-hmm. when you guys are around each other when we travel and things like that. Yeah, like like I said, like Chase, I saw him the first day here. Didn't we barely said a word to each other, and now we're like best friends. Uh-huh. So like just the the time we spent together, uh, we've grown a, a bigger bond, and like even with like the so like Braden, Cam, Fletcher, when those guys first came in, like we were a little weary of those guys, but those guys are like some of my best friends now. And like, we're like all close. We all play video games together. We go out to eat. We got classes together. We drive to them, walk to them together. And it's just, just like one thing knowing like, you might not be friends like during practice when you're going at each other, but beforehand, like you guys are best buds and afterwards they're going to be best buds. So. Yeah. And it certainly shows on the floor. You guys, uh, you play a, a brand of basketball where everybody's pulling for each other, and I don't think we have a locker room that really cares about the credit. I will say that I do notice you, like we watch film. It's funny because we used to always watch, you always watch the bench sometimes for reactions mm. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not every, it's been a long, long time since we had to like pay attention to like who's sitting over there being a dud and not into the game. Like that's never a problem with you guys. You've always been really into it. But, I do notice you more than just about anybody being that coach at the end of the bench that mm-hmm. sits down there and, like, you know, may have a thing or two to say about a play. Somebody might not be in the right spot uh, or might not be guarding a play the right way if we're on defense. Um, it's it, it's really it's actually really cool to see, but do you catch yourself doing that in the middle of a yeah, game? Yeah, and I try, I try not to. Like, Chase does too, but, like, Chase <laughs> is, like, more quiet. Like, he don't show as much emotion as I. I just, I just get worked up pretty easily, but, like, we go over it a couple of times in practice leading up to it and then someone goes in and doesn't do the job and we're like man we told him and told him and told him <laughs> <We> told <laughs> you. well that, that's prepping you for coaching by the way you're like i told you a thousand times yeah you still did it wrong uh so we asked chase this i remember e we asked chase this um so i want to ask you at what point in a game a blowout do you start thinking in the back of your mind, okay, I'm getting in this game tonight, brother. This is my this is my time to shine. I'm going to get in the game. It depends on like the lead, but uh, like sometimes even like the 12 minute mark, I'm like, man, we're up 30, 35. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'm. I don't. I don't know if I can play 10 minutes, Chase. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then like usually around like the under after the eight minute timeout, I'm like, okay, and then that's when we start like loosening up our legs a little bit, like right. shaking around. Because you know you're you're mm-hmm. gonna get some run. Yeah. And then every time Coach Paint stands up, like Chase will grab my leg or I'll grab his, <laughs> and we're like, ready? You ready? But uh, that's yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. And that is something though that people may not realize that like you know as the season goes on, our practices taper down in length, and you know mm-hmm. you know the guys who play all the time are pretty much in game shape. 
And so then the, everybody else, there's not as much <clears throat> running involved. So like your stamina dips a little bit. That that is for sure. I've learned that <laughs> yeah. over my career. But yeah, we we do a lot of like we we try to do our best to play like three on three on game days or like on off days, and that kind of helps with like our conditioning. And then hopefully like by the time the game comes, we can be out there for more than two or three minutes. <laughs> right. But right, it's always different with that like change of pace. Like we're not always doing that in practice or in games, you know. So like when we go out there with four minutes after sitting there for a while and yeah, just try to run up and down the court one time at full pace and then we're ready to go. But yeah. well, it probably never gets old playing in front of the games mm-hmm. you get in at yeah. home. You know, awesome playing now. in front of Mac and the paint crew. Then and if all we, that. we do something good and the whole place just erupts, yeah. like oh, that yeah. feeling's awesome. It's amazing. Well, and now we've got, uh, at the end of games, too, not only do we have that excitement when you guys get in and the crowd gets going, but we also have the chicken free throws, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. The other team misses free a couple of free sandwich. throws. Yeah. Gets loud in <laughs> Slim that. chickens. Gets really loud. There was a guy, the, I forget what game it was, he got in towards the end, and it was, you know, a couple minutes left, and they're cheering for him to miss a free throw like the game depended on him, like, yeah. it, like it was yeah. getting ready to go overtime. And I kept thinking, like, what is going through his head? He's got to be thinking... Man, I've been on this bench, minding my own business. I come in and shoot two free throws, and you guys go nuts now. Yeah. The place hilarious. is still packed with two minutes left. And yeah. Time for a missed free throw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay, so we end all these with the final four questions. We're here with Carson Barrett on episode 95 here of the Boiler Ball Podcast. Carson, our first question of the final four, what is your favorite music or go-to music of choice? Mm. It's a mix between rap and country. Mm. Yeah. That is a mix. My, my mom yeah. grew up in the country, and we, I grew up listening to country music. That's all I listened to. But then more towards like high school, and since I've been here, it's been more rap, more Drake and stuff like that. Okay. And so that fits in pretty well at the locker room, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Who's got the worst musical taste? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I can answer. I don't. I think we all kind of like have similarities and we all like the kind of the same stuff like I'm the type that I can listen to anything really yeah, I don't but. notice too many uh, arguments in terms of the music I do have one question though down the locker room we have a new locker room that got renovated we have a ping pong table down there now hmm. where would you rank yourself among the players in ping pong 1 through 17 probably like 10 I'll say 10 Okay, I'm not pack. very good. Hanging in the middle of the pack. I, I might play the most, but I'm not very good. <laughs> and it's been established Trey Kaufman's the best? Trey Kaufman and, like, Sam King's up there. Uh, Braden Smith's up there. Yeah, those yeah, guys. Those I play, probably the top three. I play Braden and Sam nonstop, and I can't beat them. <laughs> no wins <laughs> no, against those I'm guys just, yet? No. I'm just competitive, so I don't really care. I just, well, you're getting better. You yeah. don't even realize it. You're getting better and better. <laughs> yeah. Okay, has uh, Trey Kaufman been beat yet? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Undefeated Jeez. all wow. year. And at one point, he knew his record. He was like, oh, I'm 61-0 and 0 or whatever it was. Oh, wow. so, huh. yeah. He keeps drives, yeah. Huh. Okay, second question here on the Final Four with Carson Barrett. What is your favorite all-time book or maybe a good book you've read recently? Mm. Um, in high school and in middle school, I really liked the Mike Lupica books. They were all oh, sports Oh, yeah, books. Mike yeah. Lupica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lupica. yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I would say those books really interested me the most. Yeah, Long-time he is. sports writer. Absolutely. Remember the sports reporters? Yeah. He was always, uh, always on there. Yeah. Always on there on Sunday mornings on uh, the sports reporter show out of New York. Yep. I have a couple of those books that I have at home that I've read as well. Would you say that's your favorite topic, sports mm, books sports and stuff? Sports books, yeah. yeah. Um, any particular 
specific sport or specific athlete that you gravitate towards when you're reading? Mm, I wouldn't really say so, but uh, I remember in high school I read a book over Tim Tebow in his career at Florida, and I really enjoyed that book. So, like, guys like that, like, just influential people that you see the documentary on Netflix, the, the Florida, Florida one? Yeah. I watched, like, the first half of the episode, but I didn't get to finish it. And yeah, that's pretty pretty. Is it good? I haven't seen it either. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It's oh. the Urban Meyer era at Florida, sure, and it's, right. uh, it's, uh, it's, all, it's everything, warts and, warts and all. It's mm. pretty pretty amazing, the stuff that go, went into those mm. some of those teams. So, Question three here on the Final Four. If you could wave a wand and do any profession starting tomorrow, what would it be? Other than an NBA player, head coach at Purdue University. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I don't think we've had that answer before. Okay. Well, I hope you keep me on staff if that's the <laughs> case. <laughs> Please don't make any changes to the radio crew either. <laughs> kind of liking this job. Yeah, you uh, you have to sit with Rob. Do your pregame radio every. That's right. We do time. a pregame interview every game. And Mondays you have to be over the at the coaches show. Walk ons for the coaches show and yeah. Do you are you guys aware of all the stuff that goes into like you know we talked about like in the, at the high school level you knew all the behind the scenes stuff with your dad. I do feel like you have a better grasp of some of that stuff than most mm-hmm. because I feel like we'll be like going through an airport traveling or whatever and Carson's always like hey Blim, what do you need like. You have a you have a sense of of what's going on. Yeah, I just when people are like in need, like the airport, like luggage and all that. Like you guys do a lot, and I know Coach Payne does a lot outside of being in this office and being outside of, uh, the uh, outside of practice. So like recruiting and all that. Like I wish I could like see a little bit more of that. Yeah, but hopefully I do that over the next couple of years. But yeah, yeah you guys you guys do do a lot, and like the walk ons, all the media. Like he's doing mm-hmm. a lot, and yes. Yeah, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that uh, that uh, that goes into it to make it all work. So, All right, final question here on the Final Four with Carson Barrett. What is a little-known fact or something that no one knows about you? Mm. I do a lot of stuff right-handed, but I, I play basketball left-handed. Do you really right-handed? I play ping-pong right-handed. I, play, I write right-handed, eat right-handed. Throw a baseball with which hand? Left hand. Baseball oh, okay. too is left okay. handed. So baseball and basketball lefty and everything else righty. Mm-hmm. Huh. 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 <laughs> a little different. That's a little different, actually. Play, oh. ten- play tennis right handed. Like, that's oh. weird, too. That yeah, that'd be, what about golf club? Golf, golf's lefty, but I don't play. Like, I, I don't have a Did you hit from the left side in baseball? Mm-hmm. Okay, left handed hitter. But right handed tennis player. Yeah, that is odd. That is odd strange. There. But I would think, doesn't that serve you pretty well, like, when you're on the basketball floor? Like, that's got to be. Both hands going. Be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a lot better going left, but I do like going right and being able to pass it out of, out of my right hand. Yeah, because I've seen you. Yeah, high. I've seen you be pretty comfortable on both sides of that. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Well, hey, man, it's been great uh catching up with you a little bit here and uh we're as we tape this we're uh going into a kind of a cool time of year around the holidays and uh semester's wrapping up and you're on track to be done in may Mm -hmm. so be another purdue graduate in the family and hopefully we try to put some more rings on your finger and uh and send you out uh in in that fashion that'd be great well thanks for taking time carson we appreciate it No, no problem That was episode 95 here on the podcast with Carson Barrett, Uh, again, part of our senior series here as we talk with all the senior members of 
this year's Purdue basketball team. I want to thank all of our listeners for listening and remind everyone until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well. Good night, everyone.